Well, welcome to the best Friday ever on the Jason Wright Show, folks. I hope I hope you have had a spectacular week. It has been it has been a crazy busy week over here at Texas Titan Media and the Jason Wright Show, and I just want to say to all of you who are continuing to increase the downloads every single day, week, and month. Thank you for sticking with me as I as I continue to experiment with the show and do different things. This week was a really special week in that um, I had a great episode that I'll be talking about a little bit here in just a minute. But before I did that, I am so excited about... Okay, so those of you who listen at all, you know that I'm constantly reading. I mean, I'm, I've usually got, at a minimum, my one book that I'm reading for the week. And then I'm always going to have at least two or three kind of lying around that I try, what I'm trying to do is train myself that anytime I want to reach for my phone and check social media or something like that, instead reach for a book uh, to the extent that I even keep a book in the car now. And I highly encourage you to do that. Always have a book on hand at the ready so that when you find yourself in those moments of in a waiting room, uh, it, like going to get the oil change or something like that is just an absolute beat down for me. And the main reason why is because I cannot stand just having that wasted time. However, and that's why most people, you go to a waiting room at the dentist, getting your oil changed, whatever the case may be. Everybody's sitting there just staring at their phones. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, and some of them might be reading books on their phone and God bless them. And I do think that there's something to that, but here's the thing with that. All right. Here's a little tip from old uncle Jason. So I have my Kindle and my eBooks as well as audible on my phone, but watch yourself, watch how many times you go in with the best of intentions and you think, all right, I'm going to read this book or an article on my phone. The next time you do that, just count to see how long, how many seconds it takes you to actually get to the book or article or whatever it was you were going to actually read on your phone. Here's the reason why. It's because you've got your social media sitting there tapping at your brain saying, hey, check me first, check me first. And then before you know it, you're on some rat, you're down some rat rabbit trail that you can't get off of. And so it's just, it's just this black hole, this abyss that you might fall into. So that's why... I suggest, and one of the things that's worked really well for me is to carry a physical book with you. And the most recent book that I have read is this one, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. This was recommended to me by someone you're going to hear from here in just a minute on the show. Peter Atia has been talking about this book as though it is like one of the best books that he has read uh, in the last, I mean, maybe year for sure, and probably... Uh, longer than that, and I can see why. And one of the things it talks about, and it reiterates something that I have talked about a great deal, and it is this. Our bodies, our ancestral beings that is our body and our mind, was not made for this habitat. So what do I mean by that? We all live in a world of pretty much 72-degree air-conditioned air, we don't have to hunt for our food because we don't have to hunt for our food. We don't have to drag our food back home to the cave or to the house. We don't exert a lot of energy. In fact, we're getting to the point where the least amount of discomfort causes us great consternation, anxiety, pain, and it's not good. This is not helping us. We are becoming a very fragile animal. And that's what this book, very appropriately named, The Comfort Crisis, deals with. 
And Michael Easter, he's documenting, I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet, but basically he's documenting his time out in the wilderness where he's going to go put himself through some very, very challenging times. And so I was, I'm reading this book, and then this morning I was listening to the book while I was uh, writing my Peloton called Peak Performance. And, and it wasn't that I was trying to stack these two as having a commonality, but there was something that really stuck with me from that book, and that was this, is that with regard to improvement, reaching peak performance, getting better, okay, resistance is something that that resistance will make you stronger. However, complication and complexity and struggle will develop skills. And so this idea of getting uncomfortable and doing things that will really challenge you, things physically, mentally, and he, this, in the comfort crisis, it really talks about physical discomfort and how important that is. It's not enough though, just to have that resistance. Okay. So like take your, take your body, for example, when we lift weights. Okay. The first portion of that is the resistance. Resistance training is absolutely necessary for overall longevity and good health, right? But it's not, it's not just the pushing, it's the, not just the resistance, it's the struggle that's going to actually bring the, the strength, right? The, it, that's what's going to make you better and stronger is the actual struggling through getting through the reps. The initial resistance, that's just good. That's, that's going to help, right? That's going to get you started. But you've got to go through some struggle to get conditioned to deal with tough and difficult circumstances. And this book it really does a great job of talking about not only how badly we need resistance and challenge and discomfort, but also um, just it, it makes you aware of where we are as a society. And it's a good thing. So don't get me wrong. It is a blessing that we have. You know, it, it, Thank God we are able to choose to go put ourselves in discomfort as opposed to not having to live uh, in the uh, these places in the Serengeti or somewhere like that or out in the the outback of Australia where it, there's just the most venomous snakes in the world pounding heat all the time not a lot of water and that's what that's what we have to survive in those conditions thank god we don't have to do that anymore but nevertheless to live a longer and more robust life we have got to get ourselves a little more uncomfortable so I just wanted to, that, that was one of the things I wanted to bring up is that this book, The Comfort Crisis, I think is a great book that everyone should consider reading right now. Okay, now let's get into this week's episode of the Jason Wright Show that is running. So as you know, this is the best Friday ever. And for, if you're just happen to stumble upon this or if you're new to the show and you just started listening to the interview shows and now you find yourself on a Friday listening to the uh, the BFE Here's what this is. This is just kind of like my little end cap of the week. And it is kind of a free-for-all. Sometimes I'll come on and I'll just do like several little segments on health and wellness, which is that's pretty much always going to be a part of it. I always try to bring you something at the end of the week to take into the weekend to, to think about and to ponder on and maybe make some tweaks to your own daily protocol, whatever. It, but this is just kind of how I wrap up the week. On Tuesdays, there's always a long-form interview. Uh, and this week's was a very, it was a very special episode for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was because uh, it dealt with some very, very sensitive issues with a very public figure here in Tyler, Texas. So uh, Dr. Dan Crawford, or Dr. Uh, Dr. C, as he's better known around here, 
was the principal of Tyler Legacy High School. At the time that he was the principal, they were going through the name change. It was one of the few and the one of the largest uh, uh, high schools in the country to still be named Robert E. Lee, and it was going through the name change, so that had a lot of pressure on it. They were under this huge building campaign to reconstruct the, um, the, the school, and Dr. C was a guy that, he was that principal that every kid loved. I mean, his social media proved that. He was almost, he was like the Dr. C, but one of the kids. And it was, and, and, and so I got to meet him because I was working with a nonprofit over in Dallas on uh, mentoring kids through high school, trying to get them to, to pursue secondary education. And I remember I just immediately was taken with this guy, his energy and how just while he's he's got the, he's got tattoos and he loves sports and he's just this LSU loving go Tigers kind of guy loves kids but he's also a PhD and like man this dude's all kinds of contradictions in terms it's awesome I love that and I just thought man this is a dynamic leader educator and I can't wait to work with this guy it wasn't long after that I pick up the newspaper or, or I I'm reading it online and I find out that Doctor C's been arrested and there was cocaine found and his head is bloodied and it's just this horrible scene and you're like what in the world that guy that I just you've got to be kidding me and what happened basically was he lost as you and I would the, the our worst fears that we deal with every day of losing the house losing the job losing the family or whatever you know he, there were so many things that all of us at some point in time we deal with that little that little demon in the back of our mind going, what if you what if this happened what if this happened it freaks us out well that happened to him the dude he, and, and look, he might as well have taken a sledgehammer to his crotch. He did it himself, and he will tell you that. He does not ask for, he doesn't blame anybody. He doesn't ask for sympathy. He did it himself, and he knows it. But here's my, here's the way I, I, here's what I think. This is my personal philosophy. I think that the hero's journey always has the ability to keep going. I am a firm believer that failure is an instance. It's not an identity. I also believe that I don't care how far you get knocked down. There is always, there's always the possibility of coming back each and every time. Society doesn't determine that. Your friends, your peers, your bosses, none of that determines it. Only you determine whether or not you're willing to get up, dust yourself off, and come back. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I think I mentioned it in the interview this week with Dan, is that Dale Carnegie once said, Every day is a new life for a wise man. You know, we, we, it's, 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 it's interesting. We, we, so much of our lives, we live in this fantasy we call the future. It's not even here, so it's not real. If it's not here, it's not real. Or we live in the past. It's gone. It's done. It's not coming back. You know, this is July 22nd, 2022, and this is the only July 22nd, 2022 that will ever happen it's gone. The beginning of this podcast, I recorded it. I can look at it again, but the reality of it is gone. It has vanished like a vapor. Gone. The only thing that's real is right here, right now, you and I listening right now in this moment, whatever you're doing. And when we can start to grasp that each and every moment exists the ability for us to choose a new path, a different path, a better path, irregardless of whatever circumstances we found ourselves in. There's always, there is always the ability to stop and say, today is a new life. 
Today's a new life. And that is exactly what Dan Crawford has done. And I wanted to bring this episode to you guys in this conversation because I got to believe, I got to believe that there is someone within an earshot of my voice that you think you are down so freaking low, that your reputation is so damaged, that you have just committed irreparable damage to your life, to your family, to yourself, to your, to your friends. There's someone out there that's going to get this. They're going re- to listen to this. And, and, and to that person, I wanted this episode to remind you in real time, a guy that's climbing out of the valley right now, that it's never too late and there's always that opportunity before you. You know, it's like Winston Churchill used to say, if you're, if you're walking through hell, keep walking, <laughs> right? Just keep walking. Just keep going. And so with that, here is a little clip from my conversation with Dr. C. I hope you will check out the full interview. It's well worth it. It has been one of the, and, and Dan, I know you're probably listening to this. Just so you know, brother, it will, it, so far it's probably going to end up, we're almost halfway through the year. Uh, gosh, I guess we are halfway through the year. And it is definitely going to be one of the top downloaded episodes. So there are people hearing your story, and I hope more than anything they're hearing a story of hope for their own life. So anyway, here's a little bit of that. I have. And so with that, I want to share a, a little bit. That that was kind of the personal side of it. Now let's transition to the professional a little bit. Yep. And then those two together will kind of solidify how I'm coping with that. Okay. Um, that night... 148358 dollars that's the amount of annual revenue and income gone yeah providing for my family and you know as well as i do everybody knew about it i, I don't hold any resentment to anyone uh, about not hiring me or not looking at even any type of job and so there's two people that came into my life because we need people in our lives that understand this i love how you brought up the human condition because Yes, this was a substance I was dealing with, but honestly, it was a, I had a mental health episode that happened that night, and I don't look like a guy. People, so many people think it happens because of lower class, uh, race, ethnicity, um, you know, uh, age in life. They want to think it's categorized, and it's not, and so... I went back and looked because I had plenty of free time on my hand for about six weeks. And I had a instance every single month, Jason, that if I would have woken up and said, oh, yeah, that could have been really bad. Let's make some changes. I was able to identify something each of those months, 15 months before. I hope you will check out that episode with Dr. C. And look, here's the deal. Here's the, these are the stories I want to bring to you on the Jason Wright Show. Look, you know, the, the, the motto is improve always and always, right? The whole idea for this show, for, for the things I'm developing with regard to my training courses, my online courses in the, in the Vitruvian Lab, and that I, t- I, that I usually talk about in the Vitruvian Letter, my newsletter, it's this idea of improving always and always, getting 1% better each and every day right? And 
and, and whenever I see a story like that, that to me is as meaningful as anything I can bring to this audience about improving always, making sure that it's not just about physical strength and eating right and reading a bunch of books. Sometimes that improvement means getting out and what you what we didn't show in that clip there that you can learn from the uh, the full episode is that right now Dr. C is a security guard, a security guard with a PhD for a drilling company. And I'll tell you this though, as as Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story, there is a rest of the story being written. Good things are happening for Dr. C. And I know there are a lot of people that probably think, you know, in this in this town, I haven't heard this, but you know, and that's okay. There's probably people that get, what the hell, Jason? Why in the world would you ever put someone that did that on your show? And the reason why is because that is something that most any of us, it may look differently, but most any of us, it could happen to, and it could happen to any of us. It just might look different. It's reality. And if it helps somebody else improve in their, in their struggles, in their life, whatever, then that's why. And so I love, and so and if, and listen to me, if you are dealing with some of this stuff and you need help, and you don't know where to turn to go to jasonrightnow.com. Shoot, just, just shoot me a message. Okay, go to go find me on Instagram, Instagram, DM me, and I will do my part to try to help you plug in with a support network that can help you get through these struggles. All right. That's what I want to do. Listen, this show, I look, I'm never going to get rich and famous off the Jason Wright show. That's not what this is about. I will not be Joe Rogan. That's not who I'm going to be as a result of the Jason Wright show. Okay. That's not why I created this show. This show is to to sharpen my sword. It forces me to learn and execute and be a better version of myself each and every day so I can come on here and live up to the standards that I talk about on this show. That's what I want to do. I want to create something that it's like this kind of an, an accountability thing. So there's that first and foremost. But also this platform that I've developed that is now reaching literally thousands and thousands of people and it's so humbling that that's happening. It's not about me. It's so that somebody might come across here and have a laugh, get some encouragement, find some healing. That's what I want with the Jason Wright Show. I, I want to use this. I've told you guys this before, and I'll say it again for anyone that hasn't heard it. The whole improve always and always, and, and how it relates to my MTP, my massively transformative purpose which is to bring his mo- the most joy and inspiration to as many human beings as humanly possible before I die. The way it works is this show is a way that I am trying to improve always and always in my own life, and hopefully that will spill over into my fellow man. That's it. That's the purpose. So if you know of anyone or if you're struggling, reach out to me. Let's try to get some folks some help. Okay, now, exercise. So... Those of you who, again, follow the show, you follow me, you know I'm kind of a nut. I'm usually right right downstairs, literally right below where I'm talking to you right now in my garage where it gets over 100 degrees, and I, am, I, I work out every single day. And you know, a lot of it is, yeah, I, wanna, I don't want to be embarrassed when I take my shirt off, but that's really not the primary, believe it or not. As vain as I am, that is not the primary goal. The primary goal is longevity. 
we're all going to live longer. And we're either going to live longer in good health or live longer in crappy health. And as you know, just look around, just go to the Walmarts and bless your heart if you do, just go to the Walmarts, walk around, and you know, you can get behind a parade of those little scooters with butt fat hanging over the side of the seats and realize we're not on the best path. As a matter of fact, I think we've reached now 43% of Americans are now considered obese. You know, we talk about smoking and drinking and wearing masks for COVID and those sorts of things, but rarely do we really talk about just, we don't look at somebody riding one of those carts that you can tell it's not because they had a torn ACL and they're still having to do their grocery shopping. It's because they are morbidly obese. They're fat. And we don't tend to give the concern for that that we do someone that we might see firing up a nail and smoking, right? Or putting a needle in their arm. But the truth is, if you see somebody that's grossly overweight and, and lead, leading a sedentary lifestyle, they might as well be sucking down cigarettes. It's terrible for you. And so that's why I've, I, it's one of the, and also just the mental aspects of it, there's so many benefits to exercise. But one of the things, and I've actually brought this, what I'm about to show you guys, this clip from Peter Atia. I brought this onto the show before. I, I know I wrote about it in the Vitruvian letter, but I wanted to include it this uh, in credit to the Joe Rogan show. Uh, because this is an interview he did with Joe Rogan where he talks about just how powerful exercise really is. I mean, it's not, a, it's not just a matter of um, looking good and feeling good, which you, you most definitely will, but it's about longevity. It's about life. There is no pill. That's one of the things that really gets me. There is no drug we can take that has the reduction of morbidity impact that exercise does. So with that, here's Dr. Peter Tia on The Joe Rogan Show. I think exercise is the single most important longevity drug we have, bar none. Mm. Like if you, if, you were, if you said like, I wanna go deep down the rabbit hole of living longer, what do I need to do? It's, it's like a super well-crafted exercise program that is geared towards strength, muscle mass, and cardiorespiratory fitness. So it's all of the above. It's not just one. Right. So I mean, the hazard ratios for each of these are pretty interesting. We've, this has become like each year I try to bring one new focus into our practice. And the past 12 months, the focus has been entirely around taking exercise to a new level in terms of our understanding of how to fine-tune it. And... The data are unbelievable, right? So if you, everybody knows that if you smoke or have diabetes, your risk of death goes up a lot. But your risk of death from having high cardiorespiratory fitness goes down by much more than your risk of death goes up from smoking or diabetes. Hmm. So smoking and diabetes will double or triple your risk of death, depending on the time frame you're looking at. Having very high cardiorespiratory fitness, so having a VO2 max that is elite, we would define that as the top 2.5% of the population compared to below average, is a five-fold reduction in all-cause mortality. Wow. Death from any kind. I mean, that's, that's astounding. That's crazy. A 5x reduction in more in morbidity of any kind just by exercising. I mean, to me, that just, 
that I'm just I, I can't I'm I can't help but be blown away by that crazy stat. So the lesson is this, and, and here is the good news, folks. Here's the great news for you. And again, I've been at this for now. I mean, seriously, watching my health as a as a young athlete and a college athlete. I mean, we're talking good grief. Starting really gung ho, fifteen years old, sixteen years old. I'm old, so over thirty years now, over three decades, and I've done it all. I've been the meathead. I've done CrossFit. I've done high high cardio. I've done you name it. I've done it. And what I'm learning, and a, what a lot of the new data is showing, is that if you will just go out and walk every day, it's money. That is magic. Just get up and walk. Also, here's something that I have to really watch myself because I get to creating like the podcast. Like right now, I can feel myself. I need to be up. I, I, I'm sitting on a stool right now, but I need to be standing here pretty quick. And as soon as I get off of this, what I'm going to do. I'm going to shut down the engines. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to walk around my block, do 10 air squats, and get back at it. You know, don't think that because you do a two-mile walk during the day that that means that you can, you're done, that, you, that all's good. Or if you're, if you're one of these people that work out early in the morning and then you just live your life the rest of the day, you, you have to keep your body up and moving throughout the day. So here's what I suggest you do. This is so easy. First of all, if you know you're about to do some deep work, if you're going to sit at your desk and you're going to be there for at least an hour, you know you're about to dive in and you could sit there until it's time to punch out for the day. Set a timer for 15, 20 minutes. When the timer goes off, get up, do some air squats, move around, even if you don't jump, just stand up and wave your arms as though you're, you're miming a jumping jack. Do something. Walk around your office. You know, don't let the fact that it's not a quote-unquote workout, that you're not going to the gym, you're not changing clothes, keep you from exercising. Remember, going back to this the early in this conversation, talking about what our bodies were designed for. Our bodies were not designed to sit for long extended periods of time. There was a time where that was just absolutely unheard of. You know, we were constantly on the move. Our bodies were made to be constantly on the move. And so take the time to go for a walk each and every day. Do some air squats. And, and this is one of the things, too, that I've learned doing all this research is the, the um, importance of being able to, and it's going to sound so simple, and you know, the simplicity of it is one of the reasons why I don't think many of us listen to it is, but just being able to get up and down out of a chair. So if all you do is every 15 minutes, you, sit, you stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. That little, that little bit of that micro-exercise will have such a profound impact on your life when you get into your 70s, your 80s, your 90s. And those of you who might be listening that are in one of those decade ranges, I guarantee you, you can attest to that. I heard an amazing quote. And for those of you who refuse to do any form of exercise whatsoever, I heard an amazing quote this week that uh, was from Jim Rome. One of my buddies uh, shared this with me, and, I, and I, I love Jim Rome. I'd never heard this one, though. He said, I guess it was, I think it was, uh, gosh, I, I, I love to give credit where credit's due to everybody. And I think it was uh, John Landis that told me this. I don't remember. And whoever, if you're listening and you're the one that shared the quote with me, I'm sorry if it wasn't Landis. But um, it was this, an ounce of discipline is worth a pound of regret. Let me say that again. 
an ounce of discipline, or rather, the pain of discipline is an ounce, whereas the pain of regret is worth a pound, or maybe it was a ton. The point being this, yes, maintaining discipline can be a little painful. Going for those walks, doing the exercise, but it's like a little, it's like a, it's like a, just a, just a little, a pound of pain. And if you're not willing to have that pound of pain over the long haul, eventually the ton of regret, it's come, it's coming, it's waiting. And so you've got a choice. And so to me, that's why I, I just want to encourage all of you out there, get out, move around, exercise, and do not sit still for too long. It'll kill you. So, all right, folks, that's it. Go back and listen to the episode with Dr. C. It'll do your heart good. And remember, no matter what you're doing, I don't care if it's emotional health, relationship health, physical fitness, whatever you're doing, find a way to take that little bit of improvement each and every day, 1% per day. That's it. If you can do that over the course of a year, that's a 37% improvement compounded. So with that, always continue to improve. Always and always, I'm Jason and I'm out.